turn to Matthew chapter 14, and we're going to start reading in verse 22. Amen? When you get there, say amen. Amen. I don't even know why I bring glasses up here all the time. I never use them. It's a, what they call that, a tick. I could say that because I wasn't a tweaker. Amen. 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 And the word of God says, and straightway, Jesus constrained his disciples to get into the ship and go before him unto the other side. Well, he sent the multitude away. And when he had sent the multitude away, he went into the mountains apart to pray. And when the evening was come, he was there alone. But the ship was now in the midst of the sea, tossed with waves, for the wind was contrary. And in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went unto them, walking on the sea. And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they, they were troubled, saying, Is it a spirit? And they cried out for fear. But straightway Jesus spake, spoke unto them, saying, Be of good cheer, it is I, be not afraid. And Peter answered and said, Lord, if it be thou, bid me to come to thee on the water. So he said, come. And Peter came down out of the boat, and he walked on the water to go to Jesus. But when he saw the wind was boisterous, he cried out. He was afraid and began to sink, and he cried out, saying, Lord, save me. Father, I come before you right now in the mighty name of Jesus, and I ask you, Lord, use me right now. Set me to the side. Speak through me, God. Help me to convey your message, God, with clarity and with boldness, God. Open up every heart and open up every mind that they may hear your word, Father. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen. You may be seated. This morning, as we look at this portion of the text, um, I, I, I read it and I read it and I prayed and God began to show me. I know it's been preached many times about faith that, that Peter got out of the boat and he, and he walked on water. He took his eyes off of Jesus and he began to sink. And, and we heard all these different ways, but, but God gave me a different, a different perspective because I believe he was speaking directly to me when he gave me this word. And I looked and it said that straightway. And when I began to figure out, began to read and study what straightway means, it means that it was an, a word he said immediately. Immediately. And constrained was a word that it was like a, a powerful word. It's like the word that meant like when, when you were in the living room doing something that you weren't supposed to, maybe with your brother, your sister, and mom yelled from the kitchen, you know, you guys better be still. It was, it was an authoritative command. It, was, it, it wasn't like be still in a little while or be quiet in a little while. It was do it right now. And if you didn't do it right now, the next thing you heard was maybe her hand going across your face or your belt going across your bottom. But it was an authoritative command that Jesus told the disciples, get in the boat right now. Don't ask me why. Don't ask me any questions. Just get in the boat and go to the other side. That's what he was saying right now. He was telling the disciples to get into the boat. Don't worry about the crowds. Don't worry about what these people are doing. Don't worry about anything. Just get in the boat. And he told them to go to the other side. And then we see that on the way to the other side, the Bible said that, that the wind was contrary. 
Now, when, the, when something is contrary to you, it means it's opposing you. And so they were going to the other side, and I began to think these are men that spent all their lives on the ocean. So they must have been in a whole lot of storms. So when there was something particular about this storm that was opposing them, that was trying to keep them from getting to the other side, now, for some reason or another, I think that maybe he was saying that the wind was contrary because maybe they contemplated stopping and turning around and going back. And sometimes that's what happens to us because we get involved in situations and God tells us to do things and it gets a little rough and we can't see how we're going to get there. We can't see how we're going to get it done. And the contrary situations become against us and we want to turn around and say it ain't going to work. Sometimes we say, man, I just can't do it. Let me go pray about it. Let me go talk to my pastor about it. Instead of just knowing that God gave us an authoritative command to go to the other side. He told you to go into that city. He told you to go start that life group. He told you to go run up that worship team. He told you to go take Betty. He didn't tell you to go pray about it. He said, go do it. Amen. And so what happens, that contrary spirit or that contrary situation tries to come against you. Amen. And I believe that's what was happening here today, that the wind became contrary. And they began to contemplate, saying that, man, maybe it ain't going to work. And as they were going along, the disciples saw Jesus walking on the water, and they got scared. And then as Peter said there, and then when it says that, when in the, I was reading, I was studying, and some commentators say that, that when Peter was called out and said, if that is you, that it wasn't like Peter wasn't, thinking that it wasn't him, but it was one of them things like, if it's you, come in. So he already knew that that was Jesus, and he was telling, Jesus was telling him, just come on. And when he was going, and he was walking, the Bible here says that, that he saw the wind. And I began to think, I never saw wind. I, I never saw no wind. I saw what wind does, but I never saw wind. I don't care how high I got, how much I smoked, I never saw no wind. <laughs> I never saw wind. I don't know about you, but I never saw wind. I saw what wind does. I saw the effects of wind, but I never saw wind. Amen? But he says when he saw that, that the wind was boisterous. So in other words, when I began to think about it, I began to go a little deeper, and I said he saw that the wind was boisterous. So a boisterous situation is something that comes to destroy you. It's something that's coming to kill you. It's something that's coming to take you out the game. Amen. So when he seen this wind was boisterous, he was already walking on the water. He was already doing something supernatural. He was already doing something that he shouldn't have never been doing. And he saw something that was coming to take him out. He saw something that was coming to kill him. And he got scared. And he began to focus on the danger and not on Jesus. And he began to sink. And how many times... How you been doing that? You know, like I was saying, Cape Town took me to another level. And I'm going to share with you right now. You know, when, when you guys left from, from Shotgun, you came, and all these new people came in, these gangsters, and you heard about the numbers. Those are the prison gangs, the 28s, the 26s, and the 27s. Well, I found out that in their initiation, they... Um, they did some kind of ritual where they drank some kind of stuff, but somehow or another they, they kind of sold their souls to the devil or something. I don't know, or to their ancestors, or some kind of witchcraft stuff. I don't know. All I know is 
during chapel time, we would be in there praising God, singing, praying, and then all of a sudden, one of them would manifest. Come on. Now, I know we hear the word manifest, and I know we say these things, but all of a sudden, one of them fell on the ground and started moving like I never seen a person move before. And now, I'm not going to lie to you. I got a little scared. I, hey, hey, hey. <laughs> hey, whoa, whoa. I didn't sign up for this here. I, and I looked at him, and he was moving, and I was, man. And so I'm going to be honest with you. I left. I walked out the room. <laughs> and I, I went and got Pastor Henry. Now, Pastor Henry, he's from, uh, um, uh, uh, where's he from? Europe. He's from one of them Europe countries where they deal with all that stuff all the time. <laughs> and, and he came in, and I think he's from Amsterdam. He came in, and he looked at him, and, him, and then he, he prayed for him, and then stuff started coming out of him, and he, he cleaned it up. But I seen what he was doing, and I was watching him, and I was watching him. And then he got it done, and, and we left. So after chapel was over, and the guy got delivered, and he was back, I went and I sat down and I talked to him. And I asked him, why did you do this, and why did you do that, and why did you do this? And I began to, to see, because I began to realize that if this guy got that in him, then there's probably some more in here. Amen? And I can't just keep running to Pastor Henry every time one of these guys manifests. I can't keep running to Pastor Henry every time one of these girls manifests. So I got, I got to learn how to do this. And so it kept happening. Every day a new one would come. Every day a new one would come. And eventually it got to the point where I wasn't no longer scared of him because I'm going to tell you, I was a little scared and I was a little fearful, not so much because of, of what was happening, but because of what was in there, I was a little scared. You know, I know we quote that scripture, greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. I know we say that. But when I seen him, I was like, hey, I don't know. But now it kept happening, it kept happening, and I began to get upset. I began to get mad. I mean, because I'd be in there doing something, all of a sudden, here this guy come again, or here the whatever you want to call him. And I began to work him, and we began to pray, and we began to make it happen, and things began to change. Amen? Things began to change. And I began to wonder, why does this happen so much? Why is these things happening so much? And I began to ask different people, and I began to talk, and, and me and Pastor Henry was sitting there, and he used to tell me that it's because they're, they're more spiritual. Now, it's not so much that they're more spiritual as far as God is concerned, but they're into more witchcrafts, and they're into more this, and they're into more of that. So they're open to more of this stuff. And see, so I got a little scared. I got a little scared. I'm not going to lie to you. But what God began to show me is that, that I was his son, that I was his son, and that, that he called me. Not only did he call me to go to South Africa to, to start a men's home, to do these things, but he called me to go into a city, into, a, into not a city, but what do we call it? A providence called Hanover Park. Now, I, first I thought Pastor Chucky and the team said go in there and start a, a satellite. I was happy with that. That's a few life groups, and it's cool. But it went from satellite to church. And then I got a little more scared. So now I got to, so now they're challenging me to start a church. And these things are beginning to happen. And I'm wondering, how am I going to do that? 
How am I going to start a church? I barely, I know, give me a home. I run a home. I do a home with my eyes closed. But now God is telling me, I want you to go into this neighborhood. I want you to go into this township. That's the second most violent township in all of Cape Town. In all of Cape Town. And so I said, oh, my God, how am I going to do this? But God began to show me that I want you to walk in my supernatural power. I want you to walk in my supernatural power. He says, I created you to be a supernatural being. I didn't create you to just be a normal guy. I didn't create you to just be some walk-in-the-mill guy. I didn't save you from drug addiction. I didn't save you from gangsterism. I didn't save you from prison just to come and sit in church and, and clap and dance and have a good time. He said, I saved you to do the supernatural things. Amen. So that means if, if he saved me to do those things, then he's saving you to do the same thing. Amen. And I know some of us here been in church for a little while and we're a little comfortable and we got our, our ministry and we're doing things. But God wants to take us to another level. God wants us to start stepping out. God wants us to start doing a few more things because I was comfortable. I was okay being a home director. I was okay being the pastor over the home. But God said, I want you to do something more. I want you to do something you've never done before. I want you to step out the boat like Peter did. And I want you to begin to walk on water. I want you to begin to focus on me. I don't care if you don't know no scriptures. I just want you to have some faith in me. Trust me, believe in me, because the word of God says without faith it is impossible to please God. It is impossible. So I began to trust God. And like I said, I was there, and I was watching these people. And I remember we was praying for this one girl, and we were trying to hold her down, and I'm sweating. And, and I'm, 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 you know, I'm, I'm kind of big, you know what I mean? I got a little bit of weight on me. You know what I mean? I ain't doing too bad. But I'm holding her down, and it's taking strength to hold this girl down. And she ain't a big girl, but she's, ah. And one of the guys is holding her hand, and I think I was telling Paul about this. We were holding her hand, and her hand, her wrist stayed this way, but her hand twisted and went to grab her hand. And I seen that, and I was like, my God. I'm like, oh, my God. You know, and... and but those things didn't scare me because they began to show me that in order for me to overcome this fear, in order for me to deal with this supernatural being, I got to walk in the supernatural. I got to walk in the supernatural because I serve a God that's greater than anything. I serve an omnipotent God. I serve a God that is all powerful over all things at all times and all ways. I serve a God that makes everything happen. So I began to see what do I got to do? And he began to show me it's not what you got to do, it's what you don't got to do. And so this morning, I want to share three things with you. I want to share three things with you that God showed me. And it's the three things that, that I want to revisit with you when Peter walked on water. And these are the things that I believe that block us from walking in the supernatural power. These are things that are going to block our walk because sometimes it's not that we can't do it. It's that we don't believe we could do it. Sometimes we think we're not good enough to do it. Sometimes we're focused on, and I'm not this person, and I'm not that person, and I'm not this. You're right, I'm not. 
I'm not none of those people. I am who I am, but I'm a little bit of everybody. I took a little bit. I remember seeing Pastor Chucky when I was in the home. I liked a little bit of what he did. And I used to watch Pastor Stevon. I used to get a little bit of him. And I got a little bit of Pastor Adam. And then I got a little bit of Pastor Greg. And, and then I got a little bit of Paul. I know, Paul. I even got a little bit of you. Amen. Amen. And I stirred it all up. And here's what you got. Here's what you got. Pastor Will. So we're going to get going because I know. Some of you got some places to go, but we're going to get it done anyway. Amen? Amen. The first thing you got to do, the first thing that blocks the supernatural power in our life is fear. Oh, there's that F word again, huh? Come on now. And uh, people are always talking about, I ain't scared of nothing. Don't nothing scare me. But fear will torment people. Fear will stop you dead in your tracks. Amen? Because I know all of us, I don't care who you are, how many people you killed, I don't care what you done done, everybody's a scared of something. Everybody's a scared of something. If you tell me that in the middle of the night when the lights was out and you heard something jump, you didn't jump, you're a liar. <laughs> Amen. Because we all are scared of something. Sometimes we're afraid of failure. We're afraid of success. We're afraid of loneliness. We're afraid of death. We're afraid of a whole bunch of different things, but we don't want to admit it. We don't want to admit that we're scared. But we got to understand that no one is immune to fear. Amen? Fear haunts the weak and the powerful, the young and the old, and the rich and the poor. Fear haunts everybody. But we got to know that fear is the robber of the blessing, and fear is what blocks people from moving out for God. Fear is what stops you from going out. Amen? And we see in our text in verse 24, it says, But the ship was now in the midst of the sea, and it was tossed by the winds that were contrary. Now, like I said, the contrary winds keep us. They try to block us from going forward. Because I think sometimes we begin to think, I begin to think, I can't speak for anybody else, but I begin to think that I'm not good enough. I'm not good enough, that I can't, do this as good as that person is. I can't do this as good as that person is. I can't do this. It's like when Joshua, when God told Joshua, he said, I will be with you as I was with Moses. And Moses, I'm sure that when Joshua heard this and he began to speak to God, he began to tell God, well, my stick don't work. When I stick it in the water, don't nothing part. Then that rock thing, it ain't working because I hit it and I talked to it and it still don't know water come out of it. And we keep in Joshua, we begin to think, of, man, I can't be like Moses. But God said, I didn't tell you to be like Moses. He said, I will be with you like I was with Moses. Amen. You see, I believe that God didn't call Joshua to be a cheap imitation of a great and mighty man of God. You see, God didn't call us to be imitators. God called us to be originals. God called us to be original. It doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter what you do because God has a plan and a purpose for each and every one of our lives. Amen. Each and every one of us, we has a specific purpose for us. He doesn't want us to go around copying each other. We got something we got to do, and it doesn't matter how many times we fail. It doesn't matter how many times we drop because God knows that I'm just keep trusting him, and he's going to carry me through. Keep going, and everything's going to work all right. Amen, because he said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. 
Amen. But sometimes when things get hard, when it get lonely, when, when things aren't working out right, you begin to think that maybe God forgot about you. Maybe God forgot about you. And sometimes we get, we get a little bit comfortable. We get comfortable in what we're doing. We get comfortable. In what I believe that God called me, yes, to be a home director, but God called me also to be a pastor. And because I'm a pastor, he called me to go start a church. Now, I don't know how to start a church, but I know God does. And I got to trust God. And I believe that here today, there's some of us here today that God is calling us to do more than what we've been doing. God is calling us to step out the boat and let the contrary things come our way. Amen. And I believe that sometimes we, we, we have this notion in our minds that, that, that I got to, that I got to fail before God can use me. But God gave us his word. Why did he give us his word? So we don't got to fail. I don't got to fail. I don't got to make the same mistakes David made. I don't got to make the same mistakes Paul made. I don't got to make the same mistakes Peter made. Because when I'm walking on my water, I don't have to take my eyes off of Jesus. When that contrary wind comes, I could just shake him to the side because I know that if God be for me, who could be against me? And then no weapon prosper will come against me. So I could just keep moving forward. Wind, you just keep over there making noise, but I ain't going to stop. Amen. But sometimes I think we, 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 we get things a little twisted. Amen. Just like we went out this weekend and the amazing thing about it is, is our ministry. We're a supernatural ministry. But sometimes we get, we get caught in the normalness of our ministry. And I know you say, well, how can we get caught in the normalness? We think that these events are normal. Some people think that Code Red's just another event, but it wasn't. And as long as we think that Code Red was just another evangelistic event, then that's all it's going to be. But it was a supernatural event that God designed. When you begin to think about it, you know, I was watching the dancers, and the same dance that you guys were doing, they were doing in Cape Town. They were doing in Chicago. They were doing in this place. They were doing the same dance because I was watching the guys and the girls in the home watching that video and they were doing the dun 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 and they were doing and I said oh okay they doing the same dance they doing the same dance and so the same thing was happening all around the world so the same results were taking place all around the world that women were getting saved that lives were being changed why because the power of God was moving through our ministry like it's never moved in any other ministry before you see once we become, we just allow the normalness of our ministry to take place, it's different. Now, I know people come in from the outside, and they see us, and they think, whoa, you guys are radical. You guys are off the hook. But some of us, we take it as normal because to us it's normal. It was the way we was raised. We was raised going to the street. We was raised doing rallies. We was raised testifying. We was raised doing this. And so it becomes normal like it comes to other church. It's, if, we don't be, if, we, if we don't take care, we can become like all the rest of the churches. Amen? We can get stuck in the normalness. And we're not that type of ministry. Amen? We're a radical ministry. We have a vision. And the vision is to take every inner city of the world every inner city of the world. And when I begin to think of the inner cities that we got to take, I begin to think of the inner city they're sending me into. They got other inner cities. 
right here in America that still need to be touched. They got different places that still need to be going into. And we are the ministry that has to go in there and do it. And the only way we're going to be able to do it is if we begin to allow fear to step to the side. If we begin to allow ourselves to say, I can do it because God has called me, because God has chosen me. Amen? Amen. Secondly, the second thing is a lack of faith and desire will block a supernatural. A lack of faith and desire. Amen? I think that right now in, in, in verse 28 to 31, it says, bid me to come. We see two important first operating here. Faith and desire. You see, I believe Jesus knew that they were scared because the Bible says that Jesus knows our thoughts from afar. So I knew that when Jesus was there praying upon the mountaintop, he waited till they got into the midst of the sea and he seen what was happening. And just before dawn, it says shortly before John, Jesus went out to them walking on the water and the disciples saw him walking on the lake and they were terrified. And the, it's a ghost, they said, and they cried out in fear. But Jesus immediately said, take courage. It is I. Do not be afraid. See, if you look at Peter, Peter replied, tell me to come onto the water. He said, if it's you, like I said earlier, it's, it's, a, it's like a, a term that they used back in the day. And he already knew it was Jesus, but he was waiting for Jesus to come. So Jesus commanded him to come. And as he came, he had a, it was his desire to step out for God. You see, Peter wasn't going to step out of that boat if he didn't have a desire. If he didn't have a desire, he wasn't going to do something. You can have all the faith in the world. You can have a faith to go get a job. You can have a faith to go do this. You can have a faith to go start a church. But if you don't get out and go do it, it ain't never going to happen. Because it's the desire that's going to make you move. It was his desire to step out of that boat and to go out to Jesus. And that's what you got to have. You got to have a desire because it's desire that fuels your faith. It's a desire that makes me get up every day and go into Hanover Park, especially when in the morning time when we're there and we're in chapel and you hear guns going off, boom, 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 boom. And man, two hours later, I got to go in there. I got to go in there with a bullhorn. I got to go in there with these guys. And we got to go in there and tell them Jesus loves you. And I'll be honest with you, I'm scared. I'm scared. But I go anyway because I have a desire. I have a desire to fulfill what God has called me to do. I have a desire, and it's that desire that moves my faith. And I believe that, that one will never experience the supernatural until they believe it. If you don't believe that you can do supernatural things, then you're never going to do it. You're never going to do it. I got to believe that God is going to use me to start this church. I got to believe that. I got it because if I don't believe it, it doesn't matter who believes it for me. It's never going to happen. Amen. I believe that Peter at that moment, he locked on Jesus' eyes. He was he got out of the boat. He wasn't worried about what he was walking on. He wasn't even thinking about what he was walking on. All he was looking at Jesus and all he remembered is Jesus told him, come on, come on. And he began to walk. And as he began to walk, he wasn't looking down. He just kept walking, and 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 he just kept going. And then all of a sudden, he seen something out of the corner of his eye, and it scared him. It scared him. 
and he began to sink. And he began to sink. You see, I believe that this whole experience happened. I believe this whole experience happened. Why? Because they had just left an experience where they seen Jesus feed 5,000 people with two fish and five loaves of bread. That was a supernatural event. I don't care who you are. I, mean, I know they don't say and teach a man to fish and you give him a fish and you feed him for the day, teach him to fish and feed him for the lifetime. But Jesus fed 5,000 people and still had fish left over. Had leftovers for the next day. They seen that. They were part of that. But now Jesus is taking them to the ocean because immediately, I think he still wanted to be fresh in their mind. He said, get in the boat. Now, get in the boat now and go. And when they were going, when they were going, he was there and he's walking across the water. And Peter said, if that's you, I know it's you, but if that's you, tell me to come and I'll come. Because Peter remembered, he didn't, God didn't say, go on the way and then you're going to see me walking on the water. Then tell me to come and I'll come to you. He said, go to the other side. But he's seen him and God told him to come. Now, I, I, I'm just, I got a, I'm kind of weird. I got an imagination. I, I like to put myself in a situation. And I think about what I would do if I was in that boat. And the winds are crazy and things are happening. And I see Jesus and, and he tells me to come. Now, I know he's walking on water and I know that I can't walk on water. But I'm gonna, if God, you tell me to go, I'm going to go. Because I've seen you feed 5,000 people with two fish and five loaves of bread. So if you can do that, then you can make me walk on water. But I think that the rest of the folks in the boat... We're saying, no, Peter, don't do it. Don't do it. And Peter said, he said, let's go. Come on. You see, I think sometimes if we're going to walk in the supernatural, we're going to have to shake some people. We're going to shake some people. And, like, and you got to remember, his brother was in the boat. You got to shake some family. You got to shake them and say, hey, God called me to do great and mighty things. Now, I don't know what you want to do, but I'm going. I know it don't make sense right now, but I'm going. I know I might have to leave some people alone, but I'm going. I know my mama's getting old and she's going to die, but I'm going. I know this is going to happen and I ain't got no money, but I'm going because I'm trusting God. And you're going to have to shake some people or else you're going to be stuck in that boat and you're going to miss the experience of a lifetime. Amen? I could have stayed home. I could have stayed home when my mama was sick and things. I could have said, no, Pastor, I think I better stay I don't think I better go. I said, no, but then God put Pastor Greg on my heart, and I said, who do you want to take over, Pastor Greg? Well, he wasn't a pastor then, but I said, Greg. Amen? And so he came in, and he took over the home. Now, me and him, we partners. You know what I mean? I kill a dead tree stump for him. We partners. <laughs> you like that one, huh? Amen. <laughs> and so he came in. And I seen how they were working. I seen how Sister Debbie used to hang out with her. Okay, I can leave her in good hands. I'm gone. I got to go. But if I would have stayed, I would have never experienced the things that I'm experiencing today. So I, had to, I wasn't shaking my mama, but I had to leave her. I had to leave the church. I had to leave the things because God has something greater for me than what he had then. Amen. Because God said, if you're going to follow me, if you're going to follow me, you got to hate your own life 
You got to hate your mama, your daddy. He go all down the list of people you got to shake. He's not saying hate them, but you got to put me first. You got to put me first. And God is saying today, if we're going to take this world for Jesus, we're going to have to put God first. We're going to have to put God first. And we're going to have to shake some people because it ain't going to make sense to them. Some of your kids, you're going to have to shake them. You're going to tell them, hey, get in the boat. Get on the plane because we're going to the other side of the world. Don't worry about it. They got school over there. Don't worry about it. You'll get used to the food. Don't worry about it. you get to learn to speak a different language. Amen. But you're going. You're going because I'm going to experience the supernatural power of God. Or you can stay where you're at. You see, Peter's passion fueled his desire. It was this passion that he had that I want to go do great and mighty things for God. So I asked you today, what do you want to do for God? How, how deep with God do you want to go? It's up to you. You know, I always remember what Pastor Josie told me was normal was. And it always stuck in my brain. He said, being, being, being average is being the best of the worst and the worst of the best. I didn't like either one of them. Amen? Because I ain't never been average in nothing. I was, I was, I always wanted to be the best at what I did. I wanted to be the best dope fiend. I wanted to be the best armed robber. I wanted to be the best gang member. I always want to be the best. I always want to give my all. And so because of that, when I came to God, if I gave that my best and it got me all what I got, then now, if I give my best to God, can you imagine what it would get me? Amen? Because I'm going to tell you, it got me. I, I, I ran the system to the end. I ran it to the end. They were going three strikes. I was struck out. Boom, you're going to spend the rest of your life in prison. I achieved. I went all the way to the top. Amen. There was no farther I could go. So I had done it. I had achieved the best. But the best of what the world had to give me wasn't what I wanted. It didn't fulfill nothing. But now here I am with God. And I'm doing great things. And I'm doing things that I never thought I would do. Why? Because I stepped out the boat. Because I stepped out and I trusted God. See, you have to step out to step in. You have to move first so that God can move next. You see, the testing of your faith, your faith must be tried and proven. You see, I think about that when, when, the, when the Israelite people were there, they're getting ready to cross into the promised land. Now, the priest had to go before them, right? And they're carrying this ark on these things. And now they say that the, 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 the river is in flood season. And they had to go to the, to the widest part of the river to go across. The Bible says that, that they had to not just step out, but they had to step down. Amen. They had to step down into this rushing water. Okay. And now they got this big ark on them. And they're carrying it. But they had to have a desire. They had a passion inside of them to say, man, I got to step out for God because he's going to take me to the promised land. And so as they stepped out, the water stopped. And it moved to both sides. And they were able to walk across. You see, because right after they experienced that supernatural event, then they went to, the, to Jericho. And they had to walk around seven times in order for them walls to fall. Now, I believe that if they wouldn't have been able 
to experience that splitting of that river, Jericho wouldn't have made no sense. Jericho wouldn't have made no sense to him. They would have probably argued and sniveled and cried with God. It ain't going to work. You know how they were. They was already crying. They had lost a whole generation because they didn't believe. Amen? Lastly, lastly, amen? Am I making sense? Amen. Thank you. Amen. Okay. Lastly, keeping your eyes on Jesus and not the storm. Amen. Keep your eyes on Jesus and not the storm. You see, part of walking in the supernatural is not looking at the circumstances or looking at the obstacles, but looking into Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. See, sometimes we want to look at the circumstances. Sometimes God wants to do great things in your life, but you want to look at the circumstances. You want to look at the obstacles. Well, I can't. I can't, I can't go. I, I, I can't go to Panama. Or I can't, I can't go start a life group. Or I, I can't go over here and do this. Or I can't go over there and do that. Why? Because I don't have finances. Or I don't have anybody to take care of my kids. Or I don't have this. Or I don't have that. And we look at the circumstances. Or, or here's a good one. I hear this all the time. God called me to. God, God didn't call me to, to, to start a church. God didn't call me to, to be on the worship team. God didn't, he called me to, to be a teacher. He called me to, to be a this. Amen. But I believe sometimes it's not that God didn't call us to do those things, but God always wants to take us to another level. God always wants to take us because it, being a Christian, it's about change. It's about change. If I learned, I learned that from Paul and Betty. It's all about change. They don't want to stay the same. Things want to always want to change. And God wants to change. If he wanted us all just to stay the same, it would be a pretty boring life. God wants to take us to a new level. He wants to take us to another place. He wants us to experience our faith in a greater way. And you're not going to do that if you just stay doing the same old thing. You're not going to do that if you just start being the same old person. You see, I seen Peter walking on the water, not thinking about anything. But telling himself when he was walking on that water that what is impossible for man is possible for God. He knew that by myself, I can't walk on water. But if I trust in God, I can walk on this water. I can go to Jesus in the midst of these things. You see, I believe that sometimes, sometimes things happen in our life. And when he saw the wind it was boisterous and it was violent. And I believe what Jesus was telling Peter when he told him when he sank and he picked him up and he said, he said, oh, ye of little faith. I don't, I don't think he was rebuking him. I don't think I, I, my Jesus don't rebuke people like that. He had just failed. He would pick him up and he said, Peter. He said, Peter, you had it. You was walking. You was doing it. He said, why did you take your eyes off of me? You had it. Come on. And he said, when they stepped in the boat, everything stopped. He said, you got it. I think that God, that Jesus was, was, was carrying him and he was telling him, it's going to be all right. But the next time that wind comes, don't take your eyes off me. Don't take your eyes off me. Remember this. Remember this. It's okay. I, I got you this time. Just remember, don't, 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 don't take your eyes off me. See, not only did he teach Peter a lesson, 
But he taught us a lesson. Because times are going to get hard. And things are going to come against you. They're going to try to take you out. They're going to try to take you out. They're going to they're try, try to get you. They're going to try to come for your salvation. They're going to try to come for your very life. Amen? I remember for Mother's Day. We were there having a little Mother's Day gathering and all these things. And a kumbi, a van. You guys that went there, one, you know, the van that comes in. And this van pulls into the yard. Boom. And I'm sitting there, and one of the gang leaders from Hanover Park, his name is, uh, his name is Larkin. Larkin stands for sheets. That's what it means in English, sheets. And the reason why they call him sheets is because when he was a little boy, his mother worked in a, in a, in a laundry factory where they made sheets. And I guess he would steal sheets and go sell them in the things. So they called him Larkin, which stands for sheets. And, and that's how he got his name. But anyway, he came in and, and he seen me and my wife sitting there and I looked around. So I came out, I was talking to him and I hadn't been to see him in a little while. And the first thing he told me, he says, Pastor, I thought you threw me away. And he convicted me. I said, okay, so we walked out the front door and I was looking and I looked in the van. And now the, the, the vans, the kumbis that they call them, they're like taxis, they move people around. But when I looked in that van, you could see that the people that were in that van weren't riding around because they needed to get to a destination. You could tell that they weren't normal people. They weren't just pedestrians. Amen. This van, there wasn't no civilians in this van. No one was going to pull that van over and say, can I get a ride? Amen. And I asked him, well, where'd you get the van? He said, well, it belongs to the owner and he let us use it. Now, one of the other, <laughs> one of the other guys that was in the home that kind of know their know him he says well they 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 own the taxi ran they don't own the taxi ran but the taxi ran is in their neighborhood so everybody that goes to that taxi place the drivers they have to pay them rent so they would just go there and take a taxi to tell taxi driver you got to take us wherever you want to go so they were coming from somewhere and they pulled in to the home because they needed an alibi <laughs> They needed an alibi because it was about seven, eight, nine, ten of them. You know what I mean? And they came in and they were talking and we were talking and, and I seen them keep looking. And I said, what are you looking for? And he goes, no, we just, we're coming from, he gave me a big long story. But anyway, what it was is finally, he, I guess he felt safe and he was ready to go. But then what I got to do is I told him, hey, let me pray for you. Let me pray for you. And we prayed for him and we told him. And he said, don't forget about me, Pastor. And I said, okay, the next day will be, that was a Sunday. I said, Monday will be there in your neighborhood. And from that day on, we've been going there every Monday. And so we're starting life groups. We have our, this is how, how, how we're doing this. It's a, little, it's a little radical. We've been talking about out the box. We have the home life group where you go into a house and you have your life group, but that's at the nighttime. But in the daytime, we go to the courtyards. For those of you guys who were there, you know the courtyards, and that's inside the flats, and the, and the gangsters and the drug dealers, they're out there, and we preach to them in the daytime. And we do rallies, but we give them a message. So that, and we tell them, like Pastor Sonny said, and the treasures out of darkness when the people will come, and these are the congregations, and we tell them, and I tell them, one day God's gonna use you, and one day you're gonna be a pastor. And one day you're going to do this. And one day you're going to do that. And one day you're going to do this. And now they're beginning to come. 
And now they're beginning to come more. And now they're beginning to come more because the word of God is what's changing them. The word of God, I'm not taking them no food. I'm not taking them no sandwiches. I'm not giving them no promises. I'm just telling them that God has a plan and a purpose for their lives. Amen? And that's what I have to do. That's why I know that, that it doesn't matter what goes on, but I have to know that my desire, that I have to keep my eyes on Jesus because I know it's going to work. I know it's going to work. I don't know how to do it. I don't know what I'm doing. I know I called Pastor Stebon and asked him, <laughs> What do I do next? And go do this. And I'm like, but that don't make no sense. But I do it anyway. I'm doing it anyway. So as the worship team comes, amen? You see, the Bible says that God has not given us a spirit of fear. Amen? But he gave us the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit. And that's what guides us and that's what directs us. And fear is going to always come and try to keep us from doing what God wants us to do. Amen? And, and, and I've come to realize that, that I was comfortable here. I was comfortable here. You know, everything was great. It was here and everything was laid out for me. And now I'm over there. And things ain't so comfortable. I know it's just a modern place. Cape Town is one of the most beautiful cities in the world. Got table mountains, got blue oceans, got all those things. But that's not where Victory Outreach is at. We're in the inner cities. We're in the places where most Cape Tonians don't want to go. There was a man that wanted to do a newspaper interview for us. And they said, where are you at? We said, we're right here in Hanover Park. He said, ah, I'm not going to you. He said, if you want me to interview you, you got to come and get me and take me back. Because I'm not catching a taxi over there. But they came, we went and got them. And that's where we're at right now. That's where we're at. And sometimes it looks hopeless. Sometimes it looks like it's not going to happen. But I'm here to tell you. I'm here to tell you. We got the DNA of supernaturalness. I don't know if that's a word, but we got the DNA of it. Not only do we got it from Pastor Sonny, because they told Pastor, Pastor Sonny, he said, I'm going to go start a church for drug addicts and their families. And he came and he, and he started this ministry. And then there was a man by the name of Steve Pineda. He came here when there was like, man, and he went to Dakota. And it was a gang-infested place, the heroin capital of the world. And he went in there and he began to preach to them dope beings. And he began to treat to them gang members. And he began to tell them that God has a plan and a purpose for their lives. And these were the men. This was the first set of men that he sent out. And he started taking over Northern California. He went to Denver, Colorado, and all these other places. And they began to take churches. And they began to do great and mighty things for God. But here we are now. In 2016. And here's Stephon Pineda. My pastor. My daddy. My papa. And he got the same supernatural spirit, the same thing. And in order, if, he, if we did it then, then we did it and do it now. It's like they say, the time is now. Pastor Sonny says this, it's a window right now. And once that window closes, then it ain't going to be able to work no more. And there's a window right now that we can move, that you guys can move and do great and mighty things. There's a window in Cape Town. And my pastor tells me, just do it like this, and you can do it like that, and you can make it happen. And I'm doing it because I know 
that I got the DNA of supernaturalness inside me. And you got it too. You got it too because you were birthed in faith. You were birthed in faith. Just like I was birthed in faith. You were birthed in faith. We don't just go after the normal guys. We go after the, the ones that ain't going to make it. The ones that no one else wants. Amen. You go after the Tobys, the Pastor Manuels, the Pastor Jose's. All the different ones that are around, that Pastor Steve, the Pastor Christians, the Pastor Chuckies, the Pastor Anthony's, all these ones that went before us, look what they're doing. And if they can do it, then we can do it. We can do it. If I can do it, you can do it. I know we can do it. We can take this city for the honor and glory of Jesus. We can take it. Yes, people are saying it's getting bad. Okay, so what? It's our time. It's our time. You got to step out. We got to make it happen. Let's go to South Garden. Go to San Leandro where they're fighting and doing. Wherever they're killing and wherever they're fighting, we got to go. We got to go. We can't be scared no more. We can't allow the circumstances from keeping us from walking and doing what God told us to do. Some of you are supposed to be in other countries right now. But you can't, you ain't going because of this or because of that. You just got to move it to the side and go. You just got to go and begin to walk in the supernatural power God has called you to walk in. You got to do it. Some of us think that, man, it's not going to, church isn't going to run if I'm not here. Trust me, it's going to run. It's going to move forward. So I'm encouraging some of you. It's your time. It's your time. Just step out and go. Just step out and go. It's your time. Amen? So this morning, I, I don't know if this message ministered to you this morning. And if it did, then I encourage you to come to this altar and, and just talk to God and just tell him, man, God, I, I, I want to experience more of the supernatural. I want to experience more for you. If that's you today, come to this altar.